This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore, in for Sasha Ann Simons. Oppenheimer and Barbie shouldn't go together, but that's kind of the point. Greta Gerwig's Barbie and Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer released nationwide today. Opposite sides of the vibe spectrum. Barbie is feminine and bright. Oppenheimer is masculine and dark. It's a yin and yang situation. Diametric opposites that have trans fixed moviegoers and the internet. Today, we're talking about Barbenheimer, the movie event of the summer and dare I say year. Joining us for this conversation are Brianna Wellen, writer and editor at Primetimer. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Daniela Mazio is also with us. She's a writer and performer. Thank you, Daniela. Thank you. And last but not least is Ross W. Berman IV. Ross is a wrestling journalist. Welcome, Ross. Thank you for having me, Natalie. Okay, so you all are clearly here because you have thoughts about the double feature. <laughs> Before we get into the movies themselves, I want to hear about your Barbenheimer plans. Daniela, let's start with you. You are taking the spirit of Barbie into a baking competition? <laughs> yes. Um, so actually, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be in the Chicago's Best Baker competition, which is uh, an amateur baking contest. And uh, I am entering the pie and cookie uh, parts of the competition and my pie, I realized uh, it's apple plum caramel pie, which sounds delicious, of course. Um, but when it comes together, it has a, it comes out as a pink filling. And so I was like, this is like perfect for Barbie opening weekend. Going to bring uh, Barbie with me to the competition. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, um, I will not be able to see either movie this weekend, so I have to wait a whole week to do the double feature properly, but I'm very excited. Okay. Now, Brianna, you saw Barbie last night yes. and had plans to see it again in the same weekend. Mm -hmm. I need to hear more about this. <laughs> um, yeah, I went last night. A few weeks ago, I actually ended up just buying 10 tickets to see it at Logan Theater, which was the most amount of tickets they would allow you to buy, and ended up finding enough people to go that there were some extra people left over. And I was like, yeah, I'll go see it again with you this weekend. Like, you need a Barbie buddy. Barbie buddy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, you caught Oppenheimer yesterday but opted out of the double feature. Why? Um, my girlfriend isn't available until Saturday night, and it didn't feel very Ken of me to see it without her. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Uh, since nobody has done the double feature here yet, let's hear from one Chicagoan who's doing it tomorrow. This is Caitlin, who's planning on doing the double feature Saturday. I have kind of an extensive plan, I feel like. Some friends and I are seeing Oppenheimer on Saturday morning. They're showing it on 70 millimeter film and then go home, kind of collect ourselves. And then we're all going to meet back up a couple hours later for a fun dinner. And then we're seeing Barbie uh, downtown, like in River East. And then we're going to go out for drinks afterward. And I have to assume we'll all kind of dress up. One thing that's so fascinating about Barbenheimer is the sheer amount of hype that it's gotten. Although I must admit that I did not know this phrase <laughs> until two days ago. I knew about the two movies. I saw what I was going to be hosting today. And I was like, Barbenheimer. And I, Googled, I was like, oh, that's what that is. <laughs> um, you know, what do you make? I mean, w w why is there hype around this? How did this cultural pop culture moment happen, Brianna? I mean, I think it is just two of the biggest movies of the summer coming out on the same weekend, which doesn't always happen, especially the past few years with COVID, with the sort of summer blockbuster not being as big of a thing. Like the fact that 
people who love movies in general had these two huge movies to look forward to. It's like, how do we make them go together? And then the fact that they ended up just being so opposite just makes for a really fun sort of like, are you a Barbie or are you an Oppenheimer? Kind of like memeization of it. <laughs> what do you think, Daniela? Um, yeah, to Brianna's point, I mean, you know, counter-programming used to be a thing that happened a lot, especially with summer blockbusters. This isn't even, I think, Christopher Nolan's first time being in a <laughs> counter-programmed weekend. But um, we've seen less of it as, like, the summer blockbuster has kind of spread out over time. And I think, too, we're not thinking of audiences as binary as, like, okay, the rom-coms for the women and the action movies for the men. Um, but, you know, we're seeing like a lot of superhero fatigue, which is, you know, been the blockbusters that have been dominating. So I think to have two big budget summer movies with like existing figures that people can bring knowledge to, but that have their own distinct style that can get people excited about familiar filmmakers. It, it brings a lot of excitement that we don't always get with our blockbusters these days. I have a feeling that we might see a lot of Halloween costumes definitely (laughs) this year. Ross, what do you make of the hype? I think we're trying to force a bigger disparity on these two films than there actually (laughs) is. Because, like, at the end of the day, this weekend is about two of the most dangerous ideas of the 20th century. You've got (laughs) atomic weaponry and beauty standards. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what makes the atomic bomb terrifying is the same thing that makes Barbie powerful, and that's imagination. It's what you bring to Barbie and what you bring to the bomb, because the bomb is so big that we can't comprehend it. It's a figment of our imagination, even in practice. And so I just kind of see this weekend, especially since my parents were born in the late 50s, this is a weekend about the things that screwed up my parents. Wow, I, I hear an essay there. Since you're a writer. Yeah, everything's an essay with me. Okay, well, I, I, I want to read more of that. Um, so all three of you write about TV and film. Um, do you feel like the Barbenheimer, Barbenheimer hype <laughs> um, was organic? Or do you think that this was the studio making it this way for us? I, I feel like it would. the studio wouldn't have done this. No. Because it's pitting two huge movies against each other the same weekend instead of spreading it out to make more money. Like, this feels yeah. completely, like, internet made. Well, and, and especially since when you think of the two studios that are yes. doing this, because Barbie's being released by Warner Brothers, Brothers. who mm-hmm. had a less, let's call it an acrimonious relationship <laughs> with Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. And so they've counter-programmed Nolan's big movie post-Tenet, which was the movie that he had his falling out with WB over. And so there are these... I think petty grievances that are driving it, but then there's also the Ouroboros of social media, and then we we kind of took the fire and spread it. Yeah, if anything, you know, Warner Brothers probably thought, "Oh, Barbie's going to take all the hype away from Oppenheimer," and <laughs> boy, did that backfire. Yeah. <laughs> well, the machine behind this too. You know, I I was at the movies in January and saw a preview for Barbie, and I thought it was going to be coming out soon, mm-hmm. and had no idea that it was coming out at the end of July. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, the amount of memes surrounding the movie, you know, Margaret, M- Margot Robbie, Robbie, excuse me, as in the pink convertible, mushroom clouds. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean, those things go together so easily, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> And what about, I mean, uh, Twitter, online, what are some hot takes or <laughs> things that you've seen? Well, uh, 
I can say because I've seen some bizarre memification of film recently uh, when I ran a Lydia Tarr parody account for the movie Tarr, which is not a movie that I expected to be a big Twitter meme. Um, and I think I think especially when you have something dark or something that is viewed as really like art house and heavy you even see this with like shows like Succession. People are gravitating towards uh, like kind of ironically applying humor or even like femininity to something that is uh, viewed as something like darker and heavier. And uh, that kind of juxtaposition, I think, is really popular, especially on Twitter, whether it's because people are, you know, feeling are just sarcastic or, you know, it's a way of coping with anxiety about the state of things. Uh, I think. It's something that I've noticed is really popular. I also saw a meme that basically called Oppenheimer boy tar. So, like, it's, <laughs> it's coming back. The echoes are there. Okay, so two of you have seen one of the movies. Brianna, what's your review of Barbie? Um, it's the most perfect movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no, it, it really lived up to the hype for me. I think something that is difficult when you have this Barbenheimer sort of uh, wave taking over is like will the movie actually live up to the memes to the double feature and I think Barbie totally did it was so much fun um, seeing it opening weekend was great to be in like a crowded theater of people just like having the time of their lives being dressed up um, and and it was there was like a darkness to it that <laughs> maybe would serve the double feature well, but mostly it was just like such a good, feel good summer movie with like a great soundtrack that I feel like we've been missing in the past few years. Ross, what's your review of Oppenheimer? It is the exact opposite. It's a horrifying <laughs> time at the movies in the best way possible. The sound design is borderline abusive in the way that it beats you up. Um, <laughs> It, it In the way that I think Barbie had to meet the memes that were made about it, Oppenheimer has to surpass them because you are still dealing with such a heavy topic. And the I, I really can't stress the apocalyptic tone of this movie that I think is going to shatter a lot of people's expectations if they're coming into it in any way ironically. If you're coming into, the, if you're coming into Oppenheimer expecting to be able to really do the Barbenheimer double feature the way you expected, you're about to get your entire world just destroyed. I mean, that's the, that's the best way to put it. It's like the end of the world uh, in a three-hour caper movie. It starts, with, it starts with all of the bombast of like, yeah, we're going to put together this thing, and then by the end, they've put together the thing and all of the horror that comes with it. There's a case for seeing the movie separately because the vibes, like you all are <laughs> yeah. just now saying, are... Right. So different, and the runtime would be six hours combined. Richard Roper, TV and film critic at the Chicago Sun-Times, is making the case for seeing them separately. First of all, Oppenheimer's three hours long, and it's it's a great three hours, and it earns that three-hour running time, but it's a lot. It's a heavy movie, obviously. It's about a very important and profound period in American and world history, and I think it's a movie that you want to absorb and think about and not immediately shift gears and, you know, pop it in a piece of bubble gum and watch Barbie. And for the record, Richard loved both films. <laughs> um, but do, Brianna Ross, since you have seen one of these, do you think that double feature is the way to go because you're, you're not done with Barbenheimer yet? 
man, I mean, hearing Ross talk about it just now, I'm like, I don't think I want to see that movie. No, well, when <laughs> I just it... want to see Barbie again and again. <laughs> well, and when when you played the uh, the one woman that said she was going to do the double feature but have like two hours between the showings, I was like, that might be enough time to kind of decompress and mm-hmm. figure it out. But like, I was. I left the music box and walked around the city for like an hour of just trying to like process and get back into some semblance of reality because it does just – it takes you on it, – it's a semi-religious experience with the power of the atom and the power of what Oppenheimer, Einstein, and all of those scientists who are played by guys who look like they just missed Batman by like five years. <laughs> like I can't stress the superhero vibes of a lot of this movie. Well, the lead was in the Dark Knight yeah, trilogy. Yeah, but, but you've also got guys like uh, Josh Hartnett. You got Robert Downey Jr. Like it's a uh, you got uh, Alden Ehrlich, however his name is pronounced, who played Han Solo. Like it, it really does draw on callbacks to various blockbusters in a way that is darkly hilarious because it's not it's not a superhero movie it is it's not a supervillain movie it's about it's about pure power brianna with barbie you know i neither of these movies are on my radar because i'm not a huge movie goer it's not about not you know protesting either of them (laughs) and with barbie it was probably more skepticism because barbie is so problematic i had them my i can't even say on the air what my mom said about barbie when i was five (laughs) Um, But I read a review and I was like, oh, maybe it's not. I mean, it's bubblegum, it's light, but there is a message. I think I got that from reading Richard Roper's review. Can you tease out some of the like the world of Barbie and what happens? Yeah. So part of it is that Barbie, there is this magical Barbie world where everything is perfect as the dolls would want you to believe. But then Barbie and Ken... Ryan Gosling's can go to the real world and realize that they haven't actually made women all powerful in the real world. In fact, they've done the opposite in many ways. So it's kind of coming to terms with like how their existence has affected humanity, which is like I said, like there are some darker undertones that pair well with Oppenheimer, but there's still the tone of it and the just the visual feast of all the colors make it still very light um there were quite a few like young girls in our screening last night who were just like we just loved watching like the barbie movie Mm -hmm. and these barbies telling us to be ourselves and love ourselves no matter what so yeah well all this commotion over these films is happening at the same time as the writers and actors in hollywood are on strike daniela what do you make of this moment in tv and film in america Well, I think this is a really critical moment. I mean, as we were talking earlier, this is a a really big blockbuster that we haven't seen in a long time. And so if you've been worried about the state of movies or worried about, you know, the state of movie theaters, this can be a really exciting moment. I cannot remember the last time that like several screenings are sold out for the whole weekend. Mm -hmm. Like that's it's been a while since that's happened. So that financially and then just getting people into the movie theater and again, addressing the superhero fatigue, you know, having, you know, Barbie's a property, but, you know, we're still telling different stories and Greta Gerwig really seems like she got to apply her own vision to that. Uh, That's really exciting creatively and financially for the industry. But with the writers and the actors on strike, like, We really have to remember, though, that we can't proceed with this excitement 
if we don't have the writers and the actors and human beings, you know, AI is such a key issue uh, in uh, in these strikes that, you know, we want to emphasize the human element of that, which is maybe also thematically apt with Barbie, <laughs> with Barbie coming to the real world and with Oppenheimer just looking at like what man is capable of and, you know, just really thinking if we are excited to be back in the movie theaters, if we're excited about uh, the slate of films that are coming out and new takes on these ideas, how do we support the writers and the actors who are making this happen and really give them an opportunity to thrive, you know, beyond streaming, receive residuals, receive credit, receive fair labor practices? That's Daniela Mazio. We've been talking also with Brianna Wellen and Ross W. Berman the fourth. Thank you all. Enjoy your weekend and your Barbenheimer. And, uh, <laughs> happy yeah. Barbenheimer. Happy yes. Barbenheimer. Happy Barbenheimer. happy Barbenheimer. Happy Barbenheimer, Natalie. I'll, Thank I'll you for participate. Having us. I'm participating. <laughs> <laughs>